0: You're very welcome to another episode of the Scaling Your Business podcast. For this episode, I'm joined by Simon Kern, the co-founder and CEO, CEO of No Loco. Simon, you're very welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks very much for having me, Ryan.
0: Chuffed to have you. We were t- uh, talking before I hit the record button around the three areas we'll touch on for regular listeners. They'll know that that's uh, early influences, challenges, and pivotal moments. So no different with you. You grew up in Dublin. That's correct, yeah. Any favorite standard memories of your time growing up in Dublin?
1: Um, let me see. So well related to this kind of entrepreneurial journey, I would say, you know, probably started uh, probably started in school when you know, we had uh, various kind of speakers in. I was probably at like 13 or 14 at the time. And I think the first entrepreneur came in and spoke to us. And I just remember finding it absolutely fascinating. No idea who it was now. Couldn't tell you. But I just remember being like, wow, that's really cool. And then, you know, throughout school, did the various kind of like Dragon's Den style competitions and all this kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was the one thing that really grabbed me, I guess, always. And always interested in like startups and tech. So, yeah, um, that's really it, I'd say.
0: You say you the you can't remember the name of the the individual, but uh, is there any one? Maybe there's more than one person you can point to that you believed had an impact on the person you are today, or inspired you the most while you were younger, growing up.
1: Yeah, um, it's funny. I'd I'd never say that I had that kind of like you know uh, particular role model or hero figures. I guess um, obviously you know within my family, I have certain uh, certain family members that were kind of in business so you know my my brother my dad and I actually all went down a similar route and all actually ended up doing the same course in college obviously at very different times uh, so business was kind of in the family I guess uh, but yeah I ended up going into different things like my dad was in banking my brother went into consulting and you know I was more always interested in like the tech startup side of things and um, so I guess some family influences there but um in, in terms of celebrity kind of status uh, probably not so much.
0: No Loco is not your first business. Um, You're a co-founder of, I'm reading off my screen here, Pledge Notes, which is a note-setting platform for students, and Stageville, which is an event-ticking platform. So a couple of questions on both of them. Starting with um, Stageville, you said that you made the mistake of onboarding employees and not co-founders. I learned the hard way that having a team is crucially important. Can you talk a little bit more about that lesson learned?
1: Yeah, sure. So Stageville was my first startup when I was 18. So I was definitely in a mad rush to start something. There was no amazing strategy and, you know, kind of figured out what the business was along the way. I got into, I really wanted to get into the Startup Accelerator program attached to Trinity College, which is called Launchbox. And, you know, as part of that, you had to put a team together, you know, you couldn't get in as a solo founder. So I basically went around trying to find, okay, who, who do I think would be, you know, a good good team members to have, but really, you know, if you only have a short-term view on it, and, you know, you're not trying to get people who are invested for the long run, it's just not going to work out, and I've seen it, you know, repeat that pattern with, like, other businesses I've seen uh, throughout college as well, uh, so that's why I think, you know, getting the right co-founder is just critically important, and it's something, um, I'm very fortunate to well, hopefully have absolutely nailed with my co-founder, Dara, uh, who I'm doing No Local with.
0: I recently had on uh, Charlie Butler, who also was in the Trinity Launchbox program as well. That, yeah. that Launchbox program seems to, uh, seems to, what word am I looking for? Uh, inspire many, but also be the start of some cool projects.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, my co-founder, Dara, he also had a different startup than Launchbox in a different year as well. So, yeah, I think there's probably quite a few alumni uh, on, you know, the LinkedIn post I shared during the week. Uh, the guy who's the program manager at the time, he, you know, commented on it and I just replied like Launchbox Mafia, you know, so maybe it'll be like the PayPal Mafia one day we'll have the, the Launchbox Mafia.
0: Potentially. Um, <laughs> Pledge Notes was the other business that I referred to earlier on. Yeah. That being a note selling platform for students during your time studying business and economics at Trinity. Uh, you say your favorite part was working with your co-founder. Yeah. Um, what did that eight month venture teach you? Any lessons learned, takeaways?
1: Yeah, so that venture was uh, an interesting one. So, was, you know, I'd seen a problem with people uh, trying to sell notes, and you know, the basic problem was that from the seller's point of view they'd sell it to one person and that person would just share it around. So they might sell one copy. So it basically it's a crowdfunding system, which funny enough was the exact same tech that my first startup brand. So I just, you know, used the same tech, which was like a WordPress plugin and just repurposed it for something else. But I think one of the coolest things, and I was just talking to my dad about this the other day was with Pledge Notes, I saw the first example of something really scaled that I just used it to really sell my notes. And I think got another couple of sellers on the platform. Uh, but after I sold, you know, one copy, the cost was the same, you know, so then you see like more orders come in and it's essentially, you know, the cost remains the same, but it's just scaling, you know, you're just selling no cost extra. You're just selling, you know, additional copies and making more revenue. So I thought that was very cool. Um, and yeah, as you know, you mentioned there and my co-founder, as uh, so I was working with um, my good friend Artho, uh, who's also still in the startup world himself as well. And yeah, just, you know, got it a lot better that time working with, um, yeah, really good co founder as well. So, yeah, as I said, I just think it's really important.
0: You've, you've got a young face, but you've got tons of experience. Other companies that you've worked with include uh, Flipdish, Revolut, TripAdvisor, Shazam, all in the project uh, management space. So, they weren't necessarily your own baby. So, my question would be somewhat similar. Any life skills or lessons you learned from your time here? improved your networking skills um, that you've managed to carry over to your current role in no loco.
1: Yeah, so definitely learned a huge amount. So my second venture in college, I ended that, I think, you know, over my third year summer, so before my final year. And then I was just really determined in my final year to get into product management, which is, now at the time, certainly a very hard field to get into at entry level mm-hmm. because there's very few opportunities. So I really had to look abroad. You know, I don't think there was anything in Ireland. And yeah, I was really determined to get into it. I just thought it sounded amazing, you know, just being kind of at the center of everything, building out these great products and uh, just learned so much. And I think those three or so years I had after college learning, you know, to trade as a product manager, I think it's really just set me up for um, my career as a startup founder, because there's so much that I didn't know then that I know now, you know, even on the technical side, like leading a team of engineers and working with designers and things like these are all skills that uh, you know I'd use every day now in my startup obviously my co-founder is a CTO and a software engineer and you know just having that experience being embedded within you know the the product team I think is just really really important and a good foundation I guess for the CEO.
0: Was it your time at college that knew that you wanted to go into project management because your reference, I think you spent some time in London because you couldn't find the roles here in in Ireland.
1: Yeah, so the first time I kind of come across the role was the previous summer I had done an internship at Skyscanner in marketing. Mm. So that was in Edinburgh and it was after that then I'd kind of first come across the role of a product manager and then really started to learn more about it and yeah like I think you know i applied to about 40 different positions or something most of them in the states where obviously the talent pool is you know crazy competitive but managed to get you know one interview at Shazam in London and was able to get that so that was uh it was great and just a really really good start for me.
0: How I I, I know you did a I believe you've done a video. I did some research on this around how to get into the project management, but there seems to be a number of like someone could be skilled in business, but missing one or two other key skills that need to get into project management. Where would some, because if I'm correct, you potentially need some design uh, tech skills. If you're going to go into the SaaS space, um, where would someone even start if they wanted to get into, into project management? Is there a course that, you, that you'd say, start with that, And then on the side, do these online courses to improve in the tech space?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. So if you look up kind of, you know, what is product management, you'll probably see a kind of a three circle Venn diagram that Mm. says like tech, UX, and business, which is kind of what you alluded to there, Ian. So um, out of those, I think definitely the most critical is, it's probably just the kind of business, which is probably the most general one. But now I didn't personally have any kind of tech skills or fairly limited design skills. Uh, But what I certainly did in my final year was, you know, I did like an intensive Co Academy course trying to learn like JavaScript and React. And, you know, obviously I don't use any of that today, you know, Uh, but I think it showed some willing at least to try to get more technical. And now I would probably describe myself as like being more technical than the average product manager. I think the Mm -hmm. most useful language to know really is probably SQL, so SQL, and just knowing and understanding databases. I think that's really, really um, a useful skill. Um, as a PM and really helps you kind of engage with engineering a lot easier Uh, but in terms of starting out so I did a really good course on Udemy that's hugely popular I think like hundreds of thousands of people have done it I think it's just called becoming a product manager it's with um, a guy who was like a PM at SoundCloud and that was really great just like learned a lot about the field and the other thing I'd say for people is just like try to do side projects or show something that like you know kind of entrepreneurial that really helps so for me obviously i had my two previous ventures which was good and what typically happens within the product management and interview process is that you get given a project to do like some kind of assignment where it's like come up with a new feature or something and really it's just like about effort then and you know just putting in the effort like you know whether it's doing designs mock-ups that kind of thing and that's where you can show kind of the user experience side hey you've thought about it but yeah, like, it's one of those things where it's hard to get into, but if there's a will, mm. there's a way, you know.
0: No loco. What is it for those that are not familiar with it?
1: Yeah, sure. So NoLoco is a no-code client portal builder for agencies and SMBs to centralize communication, file sharing, and process payments for their clients.
0: Was there a gap that you saw or was there someone that you were working with that you thought you could do a better job at it than, than they were? What was it that you were like, I'm going to leave? I think you were at Flipdish at the time to, to start this business.
1: Yeah, sure. So there are a couple of things really. So um, at the time, we we're actually working on kind of a more broad tool, I would say. So similarly in the no-code space, but a platform to build any type of web app, which you know, I think one of our main learnings from that was that you can't be all things to all people. You, know, you have to focus. Uh, so that was one thing, and we kept hearing from people that they were looking for uh, these customer portals or client portals somewhere to manage their customers and the you know their customer interactions and that was kind of feedback we got from like having a product out there but also my co-founder Dara, he had previously worked at HubSpot where he worked on uh, forms and feedback features so from that experience he had identified how or you know learned the benefits to these small businesses of centralizing uh, their customer management and, you know, that experience that kind of he always had in the back of his mind, coupled with, you know, our learnings from having product out there and being asked for this kind of thing uh, really sh- kind of showed us this path and yeah, we decided to go for it.
0: Well, it's paying off. I know you're three, four months into it, but you've been funded by um, Y Combinator so firstly, congrats. Second of all, and I know some of the alumni in that include the likes of Dropbox and the Irish Giants, Stripe. Um, what what does that mean for those that are not familiar with, it, familiar with it?
1: Yeah, sure. So Y Combinator is probably the most famous startup accelerator in the world. And as you mentioned there, yeah, like, we're following the footsteps of some hugely famous and successful mm-hmm. companies. So YC are obviously doing something right. Uh, so basically, it's a three-month accelerator program. They run two batches a year, and basically, what they do is they invest one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars into your company, and obviously take a certain percentage for that, which is like a standard deal for them. And basically, you get you know amazing mentorship and um, access to um, you know an extraordinary network, and also just learn from you know a ton of other startups that are in your exact same position and just you know it's a great environment just learn from each other as well Mm.
0: Mm. one of the questions i like to ask entrepreneurs is around productivity hacks is there anything when it comes to you know time is crucial Uh, like i guess if i rephrase it do you have a favorite productivity hack that helps you save time
1: that's a good question um so I'd say I could definitely get a lot better at this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, some of the some of the tools I would use, like obviously use like sort of Trello and things for my own task management. Um, mm. We're starting to use a tool called Slide, which is kind of like Notion uh, for some of our kind of internal documentation. So so yeah, it's just really is about being organised, and we try to use things like Google Drive stuff as well. But um, yeah I'm sure there's a lot we can kind of do there uh, but yeah that's kind of probably it for now not a great answer.
0: <laughs> if you were the final decision maker in adding a subject that's currently not on the secondary school curriculum what would that subject be and why?
1: Yeah so an immediate one that comes to mind for me would probably be public speaking and um, I think that is you know a really really viable skill and for me personally like I was very shy when I was growing up and you know wouldn't have been I'd get awful stage fright you know being kind of in front of people and in my probably later school years I started doing public speaking and you know mm-hmm. kind of pushed myself to do a bit more kind of when I was in college and then you know doing talks and things on product management later on and um, so that's just a really really useful skill and just being able to yeah just confidently like stand up in front of a crowd and to like you know give a speech or make a point is it's a very important life skill, you know, in any kind of job or corporate environment as well.
0: That's a good answer. It's, it's an answer that's not given be given before, so that's pretty cool. Because most of the time, it will come back something like uh, financial management is a popular one that comes up again and again, or coding has come up quite a bit as well.
1: That's a good one as well. In fairness, yeah, yeah, I think mm. something around. And I guess, yeah, if I were to say, you know, within business courses in college. So like I did business and economics myself. And um, mm. something around like, you know, data analysis or that kind of thing would have been a very useful um thing for me to have studied as well.
0: What continues to drive you?
1: What continues to drive me? Um I'd say it's a good question. <laughs> probably probably hard to put your your finger on exactly as well. Um, I think, you know, I obviously love building products will actually, you know, solve a problem for people. And I think that's something that, you know, we're obviously working with early customers now and uh, that's really exciting, you know, just being able to build something, but also just to work with great people as well. So, you know, I'm very fortunate to be working with my co-founder Dara at the moment. And, you know, we obviously have a great relationship and um, we're really just, really just enjoying the journey as well. You know, I think being a product manager was great and I learned a huge amount but I think there's something about kind of doing your own thing and having that freedom as well that yeah just really you kind of you never really want to stop you know.
0: I've never asked this question before so it might come out wrong but I might have to ask it twice but is there a skill that comes to mind when you think of yourself as a business owner entrepreneur is there a skill that comes to mind that you might have overlooked in previous years but now as an entrepreneur you look and go that's vital to nail. I know you're in the early days of the business, but can you think of something that perhaps a younger Simon would have would have looked at and said, I don't really need that in life because I'm so good at this. That compensates for that. Um, but now you're like, shit, I actually need to make sure that I'm, I'm relatively good at this. It could be public speaking. It could be Uh, being gutsy five seconds is a at networking, not necessarily liking networking, but doing it because you know the end result is positive.
1: Yeah, sure. So that's a good point about networking as well. Um, But for me, I honestly think, certainly from like the CEO type, where like, you know, that business co-founder, so maybe not the technical one, just the people skills, I guess. And, you know, now I'd be doing a lot of sales and like a lot of my role every day would be sales, demos, activation. These are all things that i never would have really done in product i would have had like some kind of customer interactions but you know you're mostly just embedded within the product teams, so engineering design internal stakeholders so i guess like some of those just it's more just people skills really yeah and just being able to like have conversations and uh just, you know to empathize with people and learning about their problems is really important the networking side yeah like it's that's definitely like hugely important as well and uh even just being a part of something like you know Y Combinator you can really see how just being in a large network like that benefits so much when it comes to you know brand investor inbound, etc.
0: How do you continue to upskill? I know you've just mentioned Y Combinator, but like are there any books, courses, podcasts, mentors that you go to so that you can look back every every quarter and go, look back slightly embarrassed at your former self but know that that's a good thing because you're progressing?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's a good question and I think uh, to be honest I'm probably not setting aside enough time for that you know continual learning so yeah I was just thinking this week how you know we should be doing more on you know the marketing side and I've never really known that much about SEO for example and one mm. of the bits of advice we've gotten is you know before you ever look to hire in a certain position to like do the job yourself at least to some level so right now at least I understand like the sales process for example so I'd be able to relatively confidently explain to anyone that comes in like roughly you know what needs to be done so yeah definitely need to uh, make more time for that kind of thing but it is hard you know it's definitely hard when you're juggling a million different things already to set aside that time Uh, but my typical kind of uh, learning methods I guess yeah podcasts you know but it's more kind of from inspirational point of view so at the moment Mm -hmm. i like listening to things like how i built this and uh, indie hackers and those kind of podcasts just hear about what other kind of entrepreneurial people are doing uh, but not probably setting enough and setting aside enough time for the kind of online course things at the moment
0: final question for you simon is i'd like you to imagine we're talking as if it's the year 2030 uh, Mm -hmm. and we're looking back on the last kind of nine ten like decade you can answer this personally, professionally a combination of both, but what would you like to be looking back on if we're now talking if it's the year 2030 and you're looking back?
1: Yeah, we're 2030, so um, talking less than, less than a decade away. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> uh, yeah, for me personally, like you know, I definitely would want to be able to look back at that time and say that you know I've had um, a very successful business venture. And, you know, I'm confident that we're on a very good path now and hopefully a great trajectory. So hopefully this will be that one. And really that, you know, I think for me, it wouldn't just be on that kind of business side that ultimately I'd like to say that, you know, I lived out, you know, the remaining years of my twenties and I'm happy that, you know, happy with all other aspects of my life as well, that, you know, it wasn't just you know startup 24-7 that you know had a great like family life like social life as well did some traveling and stuff so I think uh it's something that I think the last few years I've definitely matured in many ways and I think when I was 18 and had my first startup would have been 24-7 you know like blinkers no other like very little else mattered kind of thing whereas really like that's not a great way to live life for most people I think you know Uh, so I just want to look back and say that like move forward in many different ways and not just like from like a business point of view
0: I like that I I like that view of life but uh, Simon thanks for your time for being a guest on my podcast today I wish you nothing but the best I'm excited about the future of entrepreneurship in Ireland with the likes of yourself Charlie Butler Charlie Gleeson I've uh, Luke Ryan I've had a number of people on who are in their early 20s that are just smashing it so it's great to see and uh, yeah, I wish you continued success.
1: All right. thanks very much for having me, Rain. It's a pleasure. Beautiful morning, my morning,